We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. The Niners and the Packers. I know that Bears fans, we root against the Packers, and that's in the DNA, and I get it. But it's over for this season, right? Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Like, if Jordan Love throws three picks and they lose by 20 to the Niners, no Bears fan's going to be able to really, with a straight face, gloat and say, like, ha, see? You sure about that? You sure about that? Their season's already a success. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, I don't think that'll keep Bears fans from feeling it. In okay. No way. A lot of cats think they hate me, man. I mean, I'm mad. You know, I'm mad at everything, man. You know, brother got a nice car, man. Why you got a car, man? I only got one car. Why you got Why you got three cars or a wife or all that, man? I mean, that's played out. They'll take this field goal attempt here and try to make it a seven-point game. for the young kicker. When we talked to the head coach, Matt LaFleur, about this, he basically said, when he goes out there, I just pray, guys, right? Oh, man. Hey, 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 to match. Just watch the dude's decision-making and the touch every single freaking time. It's outrageous. All right, so it's unfortunate. Love. Pressure up the middle. Runs away. Throws across his body. And that is picked. It's fortunate. 49ers have it. Well, it's kind of fitting. Jordan Love told us this week, he goes, listen, there's some throws I've made that I know break kind of the cardinal rules of quarterback. And the one at the top of the list is you never throw the ball late back across the field. It's a beautiful day. I think it'll sting for a while, you know, watching all the, the games going forward. I think it'll sting just knowing that, you know, we had an opportunity to win. It's a beautiful day. You know, we, we dropped the ball on that one, so um, it'll sting for a while, but uh, it'll sting for a while. These are great days we're living, bros. Area code 414. Again, this is a gloating Packer fan. And you know what all you can do? Bend over, grab your ankles, and kiss your own rear end. One, two, three. Here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thank you for hanging out. It is Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Spiegs is out the rest of the week. He'll be going to the Dominican Republic. So we're hanging out uh, together with the mob. And uh, next couple of days, Gabe Ramirez will be in. A couple days after that, it'll be me and Big Ant Heron. But today, it's me, myself, and I with Robbie Triano and Chris Tannehill. And, man, do we have a ton to react to. The Bears have an offensive coordinator, and there were four divisional round games over the weekend. It was a spectacular weekend of football. Championship Sunday. The matchups are set. And, yes, the Green Bay Packers have been eliminated from the postseason. And you oh, might, hell yeah. Yeah, and you might say, oh, it's so pathetic. Your team didn't even make the playoffs, and you're just taking joy in their elimination. 
They won a playoff game. They've got it figured out at coach. They've got it figured out at quarterback. They're the youngest offense in the NFL. You're just jealous. You're just insecure. You'd be right. Yeah, that's all That's all fair. That's all 100% fair. Uh, but you think that we're not going to take any pleasure in them losing that game? And I will say this, too. When analysts would say that Jordan Love was the next Rodgers and the next Favre, I thought it was kind of lazy. I was like, oh, just because they all wear the Packers jersey and play quarterback, I don't really see any Favre in Jordan Love. I see some Rodgers. He studied under Rodgers. He was taught with Rodgers. They were in the same quarterback room. They practiced together. He clearly mimics the same uh, play-action fakes as Rodgers. The bouncing on the balls of his feet in the pocket, holding the ball down low by his hip, the quick release, all that stuff. Like, I get, you know, I got the Rodgers stuff. But I thought, frankly, that you were all crazy about the Favre stuff. I didn't see it. And I'd like to say that uh, I'm happy to report that I was also wrong about that. Because that interception to end that game, that was Favre-esque. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Looking at that play, he should have just held on to it, Paul. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Wow, was that glorious. And it was the exact same play. Unnecessary risk. Rolling right. Throwing back left across his body. Easy interception for the defense. So, like, does my rational brain think that Jordan Love is going to be that risk taker, going to be that guy? No. He had one interception since week 11. Does my rational brain think that he's going to carry that into next season and he's going to become a shell of himself and he's going to buckle under pressure? No. He's young. It was his first playoff run. He had 48 points in the previous round. But am I open uh, to the possibility? Yeah. Am I going to lie to myself? Yeah. I'm going to talk myself into that, you know, Carson Wentz was going to be the MVP. Then he got hurt. Then he sucked. Never to be hurt from since. Am I going to talk myself into the possibility? Am I going to hope traffic with myself that uh, Jordan Love is a one-year wonder who will never win anything big? Of course I'm going to do that because it's called rationalization and bargaining. And that is what Bears fans are left to do when we have conversations with fans of other teams about the quarterback. But on Shane Waldron... I got to say, if no one else is going to do it, I'll pat myself on the back. I like Shane Waldron. I said on this show, like if you listen to this show, you've heard, I can't imagine that any other show has been talking about Shane Waldron longer than us. Because I've wanted to fire Matt Eberflus basically since he was hired. And when the start of this season was an unmitigated disaster and Luke Getze wasn't what I thought he was going to be when there was once upon a time that I thought that they should uh, fire Eberflus to promote Getze. Obviously, that aged very poorly. Uh, but the, the concept was go with the young offensive guy. I said earlier this year, back in October, 
three names, if they were going to fire Eberflus in season, that I would want them to pursue, I said Shane Waldron. Last week, or the week, uh, the, the day that they fired the offensive staff, and Speaks went through eight offensive coordinator names, I said, my top guy's not on there. He's like, who's your top guy? I said Shane Waldron. Because given the set of circumstances for this job, do I think that he's a better candidate than Ben Johnson? No. I think it's actually pretty interesting that they requested an interview with uh, Kellen Moore yesterday and got denied it. I actually think that is a worthwhile piece of information that someone should commit an act of journalism somewhere to try to figure out why that happened. But given you weren't firing Eberflus, so you were not going to be able to interview candidates who were a part of the head coaching cycle, and given that he's worked with a bunch of different quarterbacks, none of whom you would say are tier one elite level talents, good players. I mean, Kirk Cousins, good player. Russell Wilson, good player. Jared Goff, good player. But no one would say these are the guys that are great regardless of the system, right? Sean McVay propped up Jared Goff. Then he struggled. Then he goes to Detroit. Arguably the best offensive line in football. Very good receivers. Very good running game. Very good play caller. Uh, And Jared Goff has been very good again for two years in a row. Russell Wilson started out great, then tailed off, then seemed to bounce back a little bit this year. Kirk Cousins has been up and down, uh, been much better recently. Then, of course, Geno Smith left for, you know, anonymity in the NFL for eight years, comes back, gets with Shane Waldron, makes the Pro Bowl, completes 70% of his passes, and has a 4,300-yard season with 30 touchdowns against only 11 picks. So Shane Waldron has done a nice job with – Average to above average quarterback talent. And he's been a play caller. And he's worked with McVay as the passing game coordinator, which is the most common system and that's sweeping the NFL, which is part of what Luke Getze was there. So it shouldn't be a tough transformation. I don't think you can draw a huge conclusion on Caleb or Fields because of the Waldron hire. In theory, he should be able to coach either as evidenced by the different level of talents uh, that I already mentioned. The QB collective thing Fields was a uh, client there. Caleb is currently a client there. So I don't think that uh, that, like the internet has said, that means it's Caleb Williams. It's a training program for quarterbacks run by NFL coaches, McVay, Shanahan, Stefanski, McDaniel, Waldron. They've been a part of it, but Fields was a client too. So I don't think that Shane Waldron with QB Collective means that it's Caleb Williams. I do think that if he coaches Caleb Williams, he's the most talented quarterback that Shane Waldron's ever coached. And if he can make Geno Smith a 4,300-yard, 70% guy with 30 touchdowns, I'd imagine he could do a pretty good job with Caleb Williams. So given that you weren't able to get head coaching hires, and given that this guy, we didn't even know if he was going to be available, uh, I think it's a pretty good hire. And... We know of at least one other team, the New Orleans Saints, that were interested in Shane Waldron. So, in theory, you got Shane Waldron when he had options. Could have coached Derek Carr, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, Rashid Shahid in a dome in a wide-open division. And he chose the Bears. Now, the Saints' offense isn't great, 
but it's at least a job in the NFL that was presumably on the table for him that he was more interested in coming here than going there. So I think given the circumstances and given the other names that they interviewed, this was as well as Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus could have done. And I've been a fan of his for a while. I think he's overachieved. Our next guest, he does afternoons in Seattle. He's a hilarious sports talk radio host. He's our guy, Softy Mahler. He is not a fan of Shane Waldron. After we get him off the air, we will open up the phone lines to you at 312-644-6767. And uh, we will see why in Seattle many Seahawks fans are thrilled that Shane Waldron will not be calling plays for the Seahawks next year. That is what Softy Mahler will tell us next on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. Afternoons on the score. Last season, Seahawks set a franchise record with 459 points. New offensive coordinator. Kenny, you talked a little bit about the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. Russell Wilson calls him a wizard. Pete Carroll said it's Waldron's unique ability to create a quick tempo that his quarterback likes to play. And Wilson, for his part, hired Tim Grover, who is Michael Jordan, Kobe's personal trainer this offseason. Says he's got him feeling like a rookie again, refreshed. Kenny? DK Metcalf, bottom of your screen. Two tight ends. Second down at six. That's great game planning by Shane Waldron, Russell Wilson, scheming that Indianapolis Colts defense. Bears have a new offensive coordinator from the outside looking in. I think it's about as well as they could do, given the head coach being attached to the job. And when I shared those opinions on social media, I was immediately directed to our old buddy, who we're always looking for an excuse to call. Softy Mahler does afternoons on KJR in Seattle. He's with us on the hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. It was the Bears have requested permission to interview Shane Waldron. And Softy's like, why? Oh, man. Raining on our parade, Softy. How the hell are you? Yeah. Well, I'm good. I, I just don't get it. I mean, if, you're, uh, if, uh, if Nagy's uh, out at the end of the year and nobody wants to sit there and, uh, you know, go walk the plank with this guy for 17 weeks, then I get it. But if I'm equal parts Bears fan and equal parts Seahawks fan, and I know what I know about Shane Waldron, you know, there's, there's nothing about this hire that excites me at all. I mean, I, was there anything about the Seahawks offense that you guys watched a year ago or the last two years where you said to yourself, wow, 
Look at that scheme. Look at that unbelievable, innovative approach that Shane Waldron took. I mean, his offenses are kind of predictable. They're kind of boring. He doesn't have head coach written on him at all. I mean, he's got – there's about as much personality in this cell phone I'm on than there is in Shane Waldron. So, I don't know. I hate to tell you any differently. You want me to tell you the guy is uh, the next Andy Reid or the next Mike Holmgren? Great. I'll tell you that. But I'd be lying to you. No, I don't want you to lie to me, but I guess I'm a little confused in what you thought you were going to get in Geno Smith based on what yeah. you got yeah. in Geno yeah, Smith. Yeah, I think – I think Geno Smith was really all about Pete Carroll uh, and the time he spent behind Russell Wilson. I think Geno Smith, if he was given the opportunity he was given two years ago, end of a system, I, I think he would have been just fine. I mean, I think after seven, eight years in the NFL as a veteran backup guy, you know what to do, you know what not to do. Look, you want to but- give Shane Waldron credit for what happened to Geno Smith? Then that's fine. Go ahead. But I'm, I'm not giving Shane Waldron much credit at all for any of that. I'm giving the majority of that, if not all of it, to Pete Carroll for making him his backup quarterback for almost Russell Wilson's entire career in Seattle, sticking with him, you know, giving him the first shot at the job, not going out and getting anybody who was going to really, you know, supplant him as a starting quarterback. I mean, let's face it, when they went out and got Drew Locke, there was much competition for the starting quarterback job. If you go back to last July, last August, before the 2022 season, uh, you know, everybody kind of knew ahead of time that Gino was going to be the guy, and that's the way it worked out. So I'm not really giving Shane Waldron much credit for that, man. But I guess I don't know. So he sat behind Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, right. not ex- not known as some sort of offensive innovator. If anything, the reputation is that right. he's pretty that he's pretty conservative. And then right. Gino Smith, after sitting as a backup for eight years in the NFL, Completes seventy percent of his passes, throws for forty three hundred yeah. yards, thirty touchdowns, and eleven interceptions. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- th- that has nothing to do with the play caller. No, no, not really. Okay. No, I mean, dude, guys, I'm telling you, I I watched every single play of that season. All right, yeah. I watched every single play of Geno Smith's career as a starting quarterback in Seattle. There was nothing about Shane Waldron's offense or Shane Waldron's approach that I ever looked at anybody and said, wow, can you believe what we just saw? Again, you want to give Shane Waldron credit for having Geno Smith back and saying the right things to him off the field and connecting with him and putting him in the right position to take advantage of his strengths and his weaknesses? I can roll with you on that. But again, I just saw Shane Waldron, guys, for three years in Seattle. When this guy was hired, he was like a he was a he was a Sean McVay protege, okay? Yep. When he came to Seattle. We all thought that we were getting this unbelievable, innovative Sean McVay LA Rams offense, and it was gonna take Pete Carroll from the Stone Ages to the to the to the to the future. And none of that really ever happened. Now there are some reasons for that. The offensive line has been banged up, you know, this entire year in Seattle. Not getting DK Metcalf the football as much as people wanted to finally was able to get Jackson Smith and Jigba, who was the 20th pick in the first round, incorporated into the offense late in the year. Uh, the running game was banged up. Kenny Walker, K-9, really is the key and the heart and soul of the Seahawks offense. And when he's not healthy, they just don't go like they usually do when he's in there. So there are some reasons for that. And, you know, look, you're also talking to a guy who had multiple conversations with Shane Waldron, you know, on the air, in person, at the Seahawks training facility. And what I want out of my offensive coordinator is I want a guy that I can see as the future head coach. And there's nothing about Shane Waldron to me at all that screams future head coach. I mean, dude, why? You, you, is it just he's, 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 bo- he's no boring? 
Okay. He's boring. He's got no personality. He's kind of a he's kind of milk toast, right? I mean, I don't I don't look at Shane Waldron and see a future leader of men. Now that could obviously potentially change down the road. There's no question about that. He could come out of his shell at some point in time. But every conversation I've had with Shane and guys, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the guy's a jerk at all. He, he's fine, right? He's a nice enough guy. He was he was fine to me. I got no beef with the guy, but. If you're looking for a future head coach, you're looking for somebody who commands a room, and that is not Shane Waldron whatsoever. We're talking to Dave Softy Mallory. Does afternoons on KJR in Seattle. I guess I my perception was Geno Smith good off that like, but like was not considered that before he got there. So whether that's Shane Waldron or not, and you're saying their their offense should have been better, I would think that your offense would have been better if you would have had a better quarterback, Softy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of it. Again, you know, I just think that the offensive line issues that they had a year ago, uh, the lack of innovation they had a year ago, I mean, I would just, I, I, I would just ask you, how much Seahawk football did you really watch last year? Well, honestly, well, I mean, again, that's what, that's why we're having you on. I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not saying that you're wrong, uh, but working with Pete Carroll, working with Belichick, working under McVay, being a play caller, being a top yeah. half of the league offense yeah. with a yeah. bottom half of the league yeah. quarterback, uh, not all terrible, and doesn't do all of the same things that McVay does in terms of personnel, which suggests that he at least has some right. of right. his of his own innovation. Right? Doesn't do thirteen well, listen, personnel listen, much. Doesn't call you're, screens. You're asking me what I think, and yeah. what I think is kind of milk toast. All right, that's milk what toast. I thought. For 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 three years, I saw kind of a kind of a meh offense. wasn't very creative. Was kind of bland. Wasn't very original. What like in really what way? Wasn't. In what like run, run, pass, or like what? What? What are we talking no, about? There's a, yeah, there's just nothing that puts the defense on its heels. There's nothing where a defense would be thoroughly confused as to what an offense is trying to do. Right? I mean, there. And look, some of this I got to tell you, some of this is on Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll, as long as he's been the head coach of the Seahawks, has been very, very conservative. Right? I mean, we're talking. Third and nine from your own 18-yard line, for example. Instead of throwing the ball up for DK Metcalf and seeing if you can grab a first down, let's just run Kenny Walker on a draw or you know whatever off guard. Get our two or three yards. Get Michael Dixon like punt and live to see another day. I mean, part of that is Pete Carroll. There's no question about that. I, I wonder how much you guys will allow him to kind of maybe be himself and and take this thing over. Will Nagy be breathing down his neck? As the head coach, I got Na- no Na- idea. Nagy's the offensive coordinator in Kansas City now. Matt Eberflus is the coach of the Bears. Uh, oh, sorry about that. No, no, no. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> will, will he be breathing down his neck? Will he allow him to flourish? Maybe there's a part of him that when he's away from the Pete Carroll bosom will certainly blow up a little bit, and maybe there's a step for him. All I can do is tell you what I saw when he was here in Seattle. That's all I can do. And what I saw in Seattle was a guy that lacked a lot of originality. Maybe he was being forced to be a little bit milk toast by Pete Carroll. Maybe he was being limited what he could do offensively by Pete Carroll. But I think if you ask any Seahawks fan about the Shane Waldron experience the last three years, there's just not a lot there. There really isn't. I mean, you know, look, I mean, Brian Schottenheimer, before he got fired, I thought had a better run than Shane Waldron did. Daryl Bevel, before he got well, you know, let go, had a better run than, than Shane Waldron did. Some wow. of that is because of the talent. There's no question about that. But I just don't think a lot of Seahawks fans, including me, look back at the Shane Waldron era and, and, and really look back with any real big-time fuzzy memories. I'm not, I'm not sad the guy's not the offensive coordinator here anymore. I can tell you that right now.
Do you have a sense of what type of quarterback would be ideal for Shane Waldron or that he would prefer? Uh, I think you're looking for more of what they had in L.A. with Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, a guy with a cannon for an arm. Uh, great running game. Great running back. No question about that. you got to have a great, phenomenal offensive line. And Seattle really never had a great offensive line when Geno Smith was here and when Shane Waldron was here. They got better in the last couple of years, but they were never elite. They were never known as one of the elite offensive lines in the NFL. The injury factor, like I said, was certainly a problem for them. But I think all of that stuff, I think giving – Goff and Matt Stafford, time to set their feet. Think about the great pass catchers, the tight ends the Rams had uh, the year they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, they were one of the best offenses in the NFL. Seattle never had that kind of talent, at least not up front on the offensive line. The wide receivers are fine. Lockett, Metcalf, and Jigba, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, those guys were great, but they could never really find a way to get those guys involved. And I think one of the biggest complaints that Seahawks fans have about DK Metcalf and Shane Waldron he was never able to get him the 150, 160 plus targets a year that a guy like that deserves. And I think one of those problems came from Pete Carroll. Others came, may, may have come from Shane Waldron, but the combination of those two and really trying to get DK Metcalf to flourish never really happened in Seattle. All right. Softy Mahler, not an endorsement of Shane Waldron. You watched not all the much. No, no, not, not at again, all. I don't know who else was out there. I don't know, how, you know who else the Bears were looking at. If you gave me a list of offensive coordinators and said, here's the five guys, hell, Shane Waldron of that list might be the best of those five, but I have no idea who the other candidates were. All right. Thank you, Softy, as always. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. Anytime. All right. That's Softy Mahler. Not a fan. I... I don't really care about the personality type. If Now, I care if he's not a leader, but he said that he was milquetoast to talk to. So is Bill Belichick, right? Like, I mean, so, so is Greg Popovich. So is Tony Dungy. I, I, if the players have a problem with him as a leader, that would be an issue. But as, as a media type, I don't think – Robbie put this together uh, in terms of play style, and this was appealing to me. On first down, he run, he's, Shane Waldron has run 13 personnel, the second most in the NFL. That's over two years, 2022 and 2023. And so 13 personnel is one running back, three tight ends, one receiver. Why that matters is Sean McVay basically runs no 13 personnel. So even though he's on the McVay tree, he does something different uh, than his predecessor, which shows that he's adapted the scheme a little bit. He also lines up in shotgun, 26th most in the NFL. Single back set, 6th most. So he was run, run, pass, 30% less than Luke Getze and more around league average. And he basically doesn't call a ton of screens. So I think that showing that he's not exactly like McVay, that he's been a play caller, and that he's overachieved with Geno Smith, by my estimation, is appealing. The DK Metcalf stuff is concerning, but DK Metcalf's a top 10 receiver in the NFL. So, again, if DK Metcalf had a top quarterback, I would think he'd be better. And the whole, like, let Russ cook thing was because Pete Carroll just wanted to pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, and was so old school. So I assume that 43-year-old Shane Waldron and 71-year-old Pete Carroll had a different philosophy about how offensive football should be. And now that he comes here, he should be able to do more of his own stuff. That would be my expectation here. And again, 
I think it was the best that they could do. But that is a uh, that is an endorsement on the other side that Seahawks fans not upset to see Shane Waldron go. What do you think of the higher 312-644-6767? We can get into the other playoff games, including the one that everyone was trying to make a referendum on the state of the Bears situation. It is Parkins and Spiegel on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.